Redefined is hosted by me, Zainab Salbi, and brought to you by Find Center, a search engine for your soul. Part library, part temple, Find Center presents a world of wisdom, organized. Check it out today at www.findcenter.com and please subscribe to Redefined for free on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. What's most important about life? What is the essence of life? Is it what we do? How much we earn? How many social media followers we have? Or is it, do we live our lives in kindness to ourselves and to others? Do we live our lives in love to ourselves and to others? In nearly losing my life, I was confronted with these questions, and it led me to the conversations that make up Redefined about how we draw our inner maps and the pursuit of meaningful personal change. Extreme childhood poverty, crime, sexual abuse, and drug abuse are only some of the things my guest today, Kennedy Odede, has overcome. Growing up in Kibera, one of Africa's largest urban slums, and one of Kenya's most difficult places to live, Kennedy simply did what he could to survive. He was a child hanging on to hope as best as he could. Ultimately, Kennedy found resolve in great books, in developing a relationship with God, and in the discovery that giving to others would give purpose to his life. In 2004, at the age of 20, Kennedy found a shining hope for communities to uplift the youth and families of Kibera, and to provide kids just like him with a safe and nurturing path towards a life of hope and opportunity. Kennedy could create for others the childhood he could never have. Now, 38 years old, Kennedy is the New York Times best-selling co-author of Find Me Unafraid, Love, Loss, and Hope in an African Slum and he has been recognized for his humanitarian work by the Obama Foundation, the Aspen Institute, and many, many more. He is one of the most inspiring, dedicated, and important leaders working today, and the story and the impact of his transformative moments are some of the most profound I have ever heard. Please join me for this very special episode of Redefined. I do want to start with a visit I had to Kibera and to particularly see your work in Kibera, which is the biggest slums of Africa. And you were not there. Your team took me there. Uh, Your organization team took me there and showed me your work. And I remember Kennedy saying, oh, my God, this is so good. And this is by far better than the work I have done with the poorest of the poor in conflict areas. And I say that 
you know, with emphasis, it's a big deal. You know, it's a big deal to admire someone else's work, but to say it's better than my work, <laughs> which I have poured, which I have poured my heart and soul into it. I don't know, I admire you so much. You know that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to say this man's work is better and I so admire him. And so with this, I really wanted to start the conversation, Kennedy. And, you know, for those who don't, know you. Can you share with me how your life started in Kibera? So I have a really complicated story. Uh, it's a story of struggle, pain, and also joy. So my family came from the village up country, Western Kenya, coming to look for opportunity. So they came, they ended up in the Kibera slum. There was no job. You know, so Kibera became my home and uh, where we had almost eight kids. I'm the eldest one. And then uh, life was really, life was really tough. I have a stepdad. And uh, yeah, that was tough because sometimes I felt abused and uh, I was looking for belonging. So I felt so lonely. I also went because of the struggle. So I left the house at the age of 10. So I became the street boy. So I start eating from the garbage, stealing mostly from women. I always ask for forgiveness, yeah? How did you leave the street? Wow, it's a long story, but I'll make it shorter. Is uh, I, first of all, I met a priest. So I was very, you can, those who know me, I'm a funny guy, character. So I used to, I used to pretend that I want to speak like <laughs> like people Europeans or Americans. You see, so we used to admire the accent. Uh-huh. So there's this priest, and I used to hold my nose and say, "How are you?" You know, they say, "What are you saying?" I'm like, "I'm speaking like a white man." You know, <laughs> like, no, we don't speak like that, Kennedy. We don't speak like that. I say, "Yeah, what's your name?" My name is Kennedy. And what you, so through him really helped me a lot. So we became with each other through that fun. And I said that, oh, you're, you're, not, you're not speaking English. Yeah, so you have to go to school. So anyway, so there was a nearby school that uh, he, they had, missionaries were running in a place called Lainsaba in Kibera. So through there, but then I went in and they were teaching maths. So what really happened to me, I ran away again. Mm. And I say, Father, you're a liar. You told me I'll speak English, but the teacher was teaching maths. Mm. And then this man looked at my eye and say, Kennedy, one day you'll have a big company and people will try to cheat on you because you don't, you don't understand maths. So you have to know that. I was like, wow, okay. That's how you run a company, you know? So that really became to me, that's how I went back. Of course, he left and I was kicked out again. But there, now I'm back in the community. And now surviving, working old jobs like factories, like that. But I really question uh, myself about uh, the future. Well, before you go there, before you go there, I have a few questions, if you don't mind. One is, because we're still with the priest, and you're still at the Catholic school, basically, now you're going. And as I understand from reading your book, is it that same priest who molested you or someone else? Someone, Someone else, else. also yes. a priest who molested you. Yes. yes. So you felt betrayed, basically. What did you feel? 
I mean, when when the person who is helping you, not the same guy, but someone else helping you, yes. is also abusing you, sort of like your stepfather, who is your stepfather, but abusing you in a different way. How did it make you feel? So, first of all, here it's very. So what I was made to believe was the, our church was a place you go for forgiveness, the same priest, and community. Nobody ever believe you say anything about the priest. Are we together? So, and <laughs> it is confusing because <laughs> I didn't understand what is molestation. I didn't understand what is a, this man, one with this small small boy, what is going on here, you know? But my body is being touched and all these things are happening to me. Like, hey, you know? So I really got a little bit traumatized. Try to figure out first, you know? But you know, I think I think nature is amazing. Or, or, you know, you know there's something bad is being done to you, right? But you don't know, You so you get tortured mentally. I am not... What am I? What is this person doing with me? What is this? Because you, you don't know? understand what it is, but you're just yes. in pain. Yes. Yeah. 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 But the pain, the pain that I had for for very very long 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 long, long time. So then uh, I was so desperate. So my reaction was to hold something in me that I didn't tell my family was to leave the church. Hmm. And the school, that, that, did that entail leaving the school as well because you were at school? I left the school because of school fees. But the thing that really happened to me was that was the saddest moment in life, more than the street life. You know why? Because there's nothing beautiful <laughs> than believing in, in your church and your God. I'm being mm-hmm. honest with you. Mm-hmm. Even though now I'm poor, I'm like, yes, you know what? And then the church was also more than. It was a community, you know, and uh, and then believe me, and I love the idea that God loves the poor. You get it? <laughs> you know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean? I was really, pr- I was so much proud about it. You know, yeah. Yeah. the rich man, the needle, world, all this. You cannot go there, but the, you know, to get to the heaven, and 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 the church really gave something called hope. Let's be honest. There's something about that. You are struggling, but you're, yes, I'm going to parish. Yes, you know, what I mean? mm. we sing mm. and this thing about you know, there's this yeah. joy in you. Yeah. Even though you are struggling, although you are poor. So my dear, that's gone. Because the betrayal happens in that very same place for hope and love, basically. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I can pray and I can go to the priest, tell her everything, you know. And of course, you used to mess up in our community. You can do something bad. You go to Sunday or tell the priest. And you're forgiven. And you, yeah, you know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, yes, you know, your church will do that. You know, is the one with, you know, you're a Southern Catholic. I don't want to go to be chess. So that, that you know, so you feel like in that moment, his, his role really make you feel, like, oh, whew, I can move on again in life. You see, so anyway, so for me that was a kind of taken away. So now poverty, struggle, and uh, no rock or nothing to hold. Were you in touch with your family at the same time? I mean, you were, I know, out yes, of the yes, house, of but you were, okay. But they don't, they don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they, they don't, don't know. know. And then I remember a story, Kennedy, that really stayed with me. And I, I want, Another I wonder tree. if you, the tree. Tree. <laughs> about the tree. Because it's about, 
because you have that beautiful relationship and I'm, I'd love to understand more about that relationship with God, right? Like, you know, yes. so when everything is taken away from you, right? In this case, you, you left your family, you don't have food, you're struggling to eat, you're sleeping in the street with, you know, then the very institute that helps you, the church then hurts you as well. How, what was that relationship with God? Did you keep it? Did you leave it? And, and, and how, well, tell me more about it, actually. So anyway, so I was trying to, you know, I, I read a lot of books on Dr. King, Rosa Parks, you know, they're really inspiring people in my life, you know. So what happened, Nelson Mandela, so what happened, I was trying to, it, it, for me, it's a really tough life for me, Zainab, you know why? I'm trying to come out from this hopeless, 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 all together, for a little bit of hope. I feel like, you know, there's this church, we're part of this youth group or teenage group, whatever, we worship together, we are, you know? And then that's really crashing. And I still have a problem with the, I would like to, I was doing drugs, I did drugs, alcohol, you know? So I'm trying to live it a little bit and trying to live a normal life of the community, right? So what happened to my dear? I went back even worse to where I was before. I wanted to be high all the time, drunk, any type of drugs I use. I didn't want to have a feeling. I, they, they got, they got, this is a place that was my hope and I felt wanted. We are community, part of this community of God and, you know, hope. And, and then, you know, something, Zainab, people don't know. Oh, Padre, oh, yeah, man of God, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And then at the same time, you don't want to talk about it. So you hate yourself and you blame yourself. Why am I with this person by myself? Why did I do this? You know, so, you know, so for me to survive that, drugs, you get it? Mm. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be awake. You get it? Yeah, so I want to yeah. just be wasted all the time, wasted, wasted, wasted. So I did a lot of wasting for a long time, you know? Then, oh my God, this is a story that I love. So my struggle, I don't think about helping community. I'm just useless. I will let you, I was a useless. And I think I could have died, honestly, because uh, life is what? What am I living for life for? If I thought I'm making it, now I'm getting them down. So then, so one day I was sitting, I won't forget that. In Kibera, there was a, a high hill. I live out of Kibera. So you can see Kibera like this. So I used to go there sometimes just to meditate and just be lonely. And I'm really thinking about my life and now, now my life is hard on me. Now I'm tired. And then this wind, I'm not kidding you. And I'm like, something's waking me up you know, in my thoughts. And the leaves are falling and the wind is really moving. Then the, something talks to me. It's true. There is God. <laughs> You can't touch it, you will feel it. And the wind, as the wind goes like this, I'm like, yeah, it's very interesting. And the God is not only tied to the church, it is in you. Great. And I think for me, for me, Zainab, that was for me, that was a game changer of my life. You know what I mean? Knowing that I can't be kind. You talk, you know, leave the priest alone. Leave the church alone, you know. You, you can be your temple. I'm wow. not kidding you. What is it? Yeah. So that, and I got that, and I think that's really the path of Shofko. 
<laughs> wow wow that's a beautiful story i have goosebumps all over you know when you're talking and tears so then that i mean and i remember you saying i remember I mean, correct me if i'm wrong that you said god why are you doing this to me and i remember you hearing you're saying i'm doing this for you to you so you may know what it feels to be in poverty and so you may one day do something about it yes this is very exciting. I sometimes share you the story. So, and uh, and and then uh, I don't want to cry, but uh, Zana, it's really true. When I was going to give up, I was tired. I'm like, why do you have to go through this? Why? And you hear God. You hear that inner voice. And and and, and let's be honest here, Zana. When you talk about our God, I believe depend how you call it, God. You call it what or whatever, you know. But I hear that. Yes, in me. As how will you be part of the change if you don't understand this pain you're going through now? Yeah, yeah. So now for me now, I feel it, but I don't know how to make a move. And for a couple of time, I, th- I, th- I thought of crazy ideas because really I really fell in love with the... Uh, with the stories of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And I really read him. I, I know, I think even more than Americans, too much about him. All the books, my dear. I read that man. I read, you know, I could, I could talk to him. I'm crazy talking to these people, you know? <laughs> I understand. I really do. In my head. You know? <laughs> then I thought, like, I can't do this, though. It's not good for me. So, because we, we all really, the man for me, Dr. King, lived a pathful, uh, a life of purpose. But the truth be told, how? So he found out the people of color, black community were having, they felt isolated, they felt nobody cared about them. And there was a church in Alabama, right? Montegori, somewhere there. Yeah, yeah. He used to go there, and this man preaching. Yeah. He was not famous. I don't know. I'm being, according to my readings, maybe my reading is wrong. He's not famous by then. And then this thing became bigger than the church. And they were like, wow. And people would talk about him, like, yeah, yeah, what he was doing there? Hey, that man, hey, the reverend. Hey, hey. And then they talk about other people, like, there's a man here, here called Dr. King. He's really, really, he's sparring us, you know? And he was invited to others speak. And then the American really now, oh, here is the man, right? But he came from his spiritual life, not, doesn't want to do much for, the, uh, for this small community. And it grew, boom. That's according to my books that I read, okay? So now I'm like, Kennedy, what is my church? <laughs> mm. <laughs> so he found something that was uniting people, that church. Mm. What is that thing that will bring us together in Tibera? So my dear, I have no, I had no answer. So I was going to work in the factory. I'm still thinking, I want to do something, not like Dr. King, but a small Dr. King, small. Something that can, that already bring people together. That is when I got it. Soccer ball. We love soccer. The black Americans in that area, church was everything. You know the history? Yeah. You know that? Yeah. They, were, they go in that church, there is power. Yeah. They yeah. go out, they are being abused. It's okay. Sunday will come, we'll go to a church, right? Yeah. And yeah. then in that church, I went to my reading, there's love. There is that, you know? So for me, without poverty, we love soccer. So Shofko, my organization, 
was founded with a 20 cents soccer ball and then organization and Shofko became bigger than the soccer. So I just want to make sure, like to understand, in that time, you stop alcohol and drugs, you change your life, you get into reading, you're working now in a factory. And so you're now living in a place, you're no longer in the streets, basically. You buy a soccer ball for 20 cents, you then take it back to the community, and you decide to focus on women and children. Tell me what you do. What do you do with that soccer ball? So, okay, it sounds very simple and easy. And even people will be like, Kennedy, no, no, don't make it simple like that. The truth is, people fought me. And I would even my stepdad, other people, keep on working. Why are you so stupid? Keep working in the factory. You are earning your few cents. Work there. And I saw that this is how I spoke to the books that I read of people like Rosa Parks. And for me, for me, Sana, I take things literally. And people, up to now, you know, <laughs> I think for me, are literal, you know. So Rosa Parks, sitting, she used to sit, that back seat. I love that part. She used to sit that. But one day, enough is enough. That's, it's, it's my life. Kennedy used to have a drugs, drunk. Enough is enough. You have to say enough is enough. If you are tired in a relationship, if you are tired with that job, you have to start saying enough is enough. And when you hit the wall, you will be thrown up. Okay? So that really idea of Rosa Park, one day say, no, I cannot sit there. I cannot. I cannot. Which is amazing because people are like, I've been seeing this lady. Only sit there. What's wrong today? You really? That's your place. So as Kelly, I have to say that, no, this is not my place, this poverty. No, there's a future. And I was told Kennedy, NGOs are writing proposal. You can't even speak good English. <laughs> Never you're a writer. You don't understand NGO. It is for Wazungu, which means for the Western people. <laughs> you get it? Or do you have a Mzungu with you? Who will give us? And I, and I really felt bad. I say, no. I um, we are part of a movement, and a movement is formed when we feel the pain, and we are saying that we have reached the wall. Nobody can save us, but if only if we unite ourselves. We don't need any foreigner to help us to clean our street. Look at the street. We don't need any foreigner to tell us not to live this evil life of women being beaten, girls being raped. No way. We are a civilized human being. We are the one. We don't need a person for that. We can, and I think that really, that really reach people like boom. And I, I, you could see their face like, wow. Eh? So this is not an NGO, it's a movement. <laughs> like, whoa, you know? So it was a journey of fighting people like, okay, we'll see how long they're gonna go. You know what I mean? And uh, even Shofko, the word Shofko that is now famous in Kenya, Shofko is not a name that I wanted. I wanted the word called Shining Hope for Communities. Because you see me in hope. Hope for the communities. People wanted to be Kibera. I say, no, this is bigger than Kibera. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> it's about hope. It's like the about shining hope, hope in yourself, yeah. basically. Yeah. 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 So when we said when the name Shining Hope came, yeah. and we used to do our local marketing strategy in the, in the slum. So the, our people are women. Women who are selling vegetables on the road. We go and say, hey, the movement is called Shining Hope for Communities. And they say, Kennedy, 
too much English. We don't like it. And I went back to my room and I cried because I love the name. And I cried and I cried. And I had to go put play with the names. S-H-O-F-C-O. Okay, maybe I'll hide this there. I call it Shofko, but I know it's shining up a community. So we went back again. Hey, what about Shofko? Shofko, sour. Good. Sour. We love <laughs> Does it mean anything in Swahili? Does it mean anything in Swahili, Shofko? No. No, nothing. No. You made yeah. the word. It's easier. Shofko. Yeah, yeah. But tell me back, what did you do with that soccer? How did this start? Did you buy the soccer for 20 cents, the soccer ball, I'm sorry. And you say, I'm going to do Shining Hope for community. And it starts with literally a soccer ball. What does that mean? Yes. So we're doing tournaments. You did tournaments. Okay. Tournaments, playing. In the evening, we could meet it up there near the tree. Yeah. We just play. People are laughing, having fun. This group from this area with the other group of Kibera. And then getting them. And then we're like, okay. Before the soccer, we were going to talk about our life. You'll go around. What do you want from this? Well, you got, because we were like, okay, another story there that I didn't talk about. So one of my best close friends and uh, hanged himself before this thing was started. So what he did, Calvin's, he'd been looking for me. You know, the other way, ah, I'll see you, man. I'm so, I'm so tired from the photo. Yeah, you know, and yeah, let's talk. We need to talk. I didn't. So part of it felt like I'm one, I could have saved him from dying, right? So, so when we could meet, my agenda was that we cannot suffer by ourselves. I think, I think Zainab, I was ahead of my time by then. I think I was doing what called mental health by then without knowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think so. I think I suspect that was what I was doing. So we're like, hey, Calvin's left us. What are we struggling with? What is the giant in our life? So, so in factory, I could bring other people to the factory job, who wanted a job, I see cleaning for women, girls. Hey, in the factory there, they did women to this job, you know? So it's become a network. I'm being abused by my mother. Hey, I also do it with my father. This is what I do. I don't stay near them. I have my own, you know? So it became, it's amazing. We always come like 15 people, 20 people sit out in the city, the field and with women too and more mm. boys and girls and like share our struggle and mm. we get the answers from the crowd here. Even mm. me, I was abused and I did this. Anyway, I'm going through this, I'm going through this, you know? So it became a really strong, supportive group. Then it grew and it grew and it became bigger and bigger. And we didn't have any money, so we were helping people, small things. For me, when you want to do something, even for your life or a company or whatever, what I learned for my life, my dear, is that don't put yourself to fail. Mm. From the beginning, no failing. It's good to fail, mm. so give yourself baby step. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. We can fail, we'll fail for sure, I know. But yeah. it should not be the first. So we clean the street. How do you feel when I clean the street? Ooh, we feel so good, you know? We do this, you know? So people try to chew too much. I want to do this. I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not part of that. I'm like, uh, I get it. Huh. I believe that. I just told you, I won't, I won't stop my drugs. I told you that. Remember? Yeah. I said, I will not yeah. stop it. I was like, I, you know, I take a lot of things. I'm going to reduce them. And that's how my life was. So every, I was realistic. So if I take, eh, the, tomorrow I'm reducing. Yeah. Again, I'm using. Until I'm like, hmm, now I can live it all. So it becomes a journey. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. want to fly, but you have to walk. So I, it's beautiful, beautiful, truly. And I, I mean, hearing you just like, I'm thinking this is why your work is 
better than any work I've seen is because it's anchored in the reality of the hope and the integrity of the people of that community. The integrity, because a lot of times when foreigners go to somewhere else, they give what they think is needed. You know, it's a, but it's not from the integrity, the soulful integrity of the people in that community. And I'm not criticizing us here as, as much as processing how, why your uh, work is one of the most amazing work I've seen. Now, your wife, Jessica, has, you know, came in in that time. I mean, or sometimes around that time. Now you are mobilizing. Now you are, um, you know, getting a group of people, all of them with injured stories, you know, with pain. And then together you're shaping a story of hope, cleaning the streets, doing this, doing soccer tournaments. Jessica is an American white Jewish woman who came to an internship, I believe, in Kenya. And then rather than go somewhere else, she decided to come to the slums of Kibera and stay there. Tell me that story. I want to know about that love story, uh, how it forged. <laughs> mm. So those who know me will tell you this. This is an interesting story. So those who, they don't believe me up to now in Kibera. So I will, nobody knew I will marry uh, American or a white woman, you see? Because I was this guy who said people like, no, Kibera for Kiberians. We are, you know, we are living this. We have to change, you know what I mean? There's no donors. There's nobody like white person coming here. You know, I, I was the guy. Who, and 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 then Zanab, I'm, this is a, I call this people listen to this thing. I, I know is a free space that I can say many things that are personal because the people listen to this uh, is really is deep. So spiritual life. Jessica also came through a spiritual journey. To be honest with you. So I had a dream. Yes, I'm giving you too much information. And this dream, there was a river. There's a small river in Kibera. It's a kind of a sewage nowadays, you know? And Jessica was on the other side and bringing her hand for me to cross the river together to the side. She was wearing a flowery dress with red. Okay? Still love it in my head, the picture. This is before and you then, met her, that dream? I know. I didn't meet her. No. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. Wow. And then, uh, yeah. Amazing. Then... I say, no, I, I, I don't want you. Don't, don't bring your hand. And then I hear the voice again in the dream. That's your, your partner. I say, no, 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 no. Black man, black man, God, you know me, black. <laughs> you know I me? Mean? So, you know, my philosophy was really, you know, community. No, 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 I don't want any foreigner. You know, and he says, listen to me. And this voice is forcing me. And then I cross over with her. The dream disappeared. A couple of, I don't know, a couple of years or months, I don't remember, one of my best friends. So Jessica, when I was just working in Shofko, somewhere in our small office, because I used to tell my friend everything. And as I say, say, Kennedy, hey, remember the dream? The dress of flowers? Look at that dress. And I say, Holy cow, oh, it is that. Already I remember Jessica before, but I didn't really connect with the dream. The guy said, yeah. 
Because she's now she, interning in her summer vacation yes, from college, yes. basically. Yeah, yeah. In, so, in, now let, yeah. yeah so now that's the connection. So now let's take you back. So I got Jessica email asking to come to volunteer with us. And I say, no, we don't take, uh, what are you going to offer? You are a young <laughs> white girl. Sorry, thank you so much. We don't take people here. But Jessica, something about her. She didn't give up. She keep on sending. Again, another email. I am into theater. I really want to work with you. So we are doing theaters, remember? Then uh, she's, I told her, okay, we have a cabinet, which is true. So we have a cabinet. I was the mayor. I had my cabinet for theater, sports. It was amazing. Clean up. You know what? We were crazy, crazy kids. And I said, okay, send me your resume. <laughs> Can you believe? And then she sent my resume. And I printed it. I did it with our cabinet meeting. And I say, okay, is this, I don't know this lady. She's still stubborn, but we are doing theater. We don't write our stories. Can we use her to help us write our theater story so we can have a file so our children will be able to see what we've been performing? Because right now your work is mobilizing all these community members. Yes, yes, and yes, it was like, this yes. is happening right now. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So then uh, they approve it, the voting. Okay. I really believe in that. Yeah, it's true. I don't care. I yeah. can't say anything else. Yeah. Just approved. She was approved to come. I told her, okay. And then she came. The agreement was that she wanna come to Kibera. She wanna just work with us, go to live in rich place where she used to live. Okay. Then one day she's like, no, I don't feel comfortable. I want to be. I'm like, no. So she really forced herself that she cannot just work with us there. And yeah, so uh, so that's how we met. Then the story, how did we fall in love? So one day she got sick, and uh, I thought she was gonna die. And I'm still a spiritual man. And then I took her to the hostel. She was very, very skinny, skinny of not as American skinny, but skinny of death, right? And I thought she was gonna die. So I walked to the hostel and I say, you know what? I never told her that I'm in love with her, but it will be bad for me if the spirit goes away not knowing the truth. Mm. So I went to her bed, she was sleeping. I say, I love you. When she woke up, I ran away from the door. <laughs> I ran. Uh, I, I wanted to be. I wanted to be at peace. If she dies, she knows that she knew I loved her. Right? Was, yeah. I knew she was gonna die. Yeah? Yeah. But I wanted to be. I, I love that peace, like I told her. Yeah. Can you believe somebody died? I'm like, oh my god, I was in love with her. I never told her. You know, I think yeah. it would be horrible. I don't want to lose. She lived with my friend who killed himself. You know? Yeah. Who yeah. never talked with me because I was busy. So I said, this case, let it be clear. Even if she die, she knows. And me, I'll be at peace. Hmm. Okay. So that's how I told her. Anyway, but. Uh, yeah, but the story of Jessica and me also is a story of partnership. Hmm. Whereby there is no superiority. We are all equal. And I believe we can all have that kind of change in communities. Hmm. So what are you bringing on the table? And you have to appreciate what the locals are also bringing. And most of the time, Zainab is in the development. That's why I call it, we have to decolonize development. Is a colonial mindset. We are coming to save you. Mm-hmm. you're being saved you have nothing you have nothing you're primitive that's why you're being saved right but we are coming to partner with you you have this nobody wants to count sign up nobody wants to count honestly you hear this story and i can feel the pain you hear when i talk about my life on the street where with no food working in the community in a circle in the development of today that struggle doesn't want to be listened to mm-hmm. and for me that's a very golden experience absolutely you never get it from harvard Yale, no. 
what they want you to believe is somebody came from Harvard, Yale, Ivy League, American University, coming to save Africa, and they should get the funding. But somebody who lives in that community, we don't care about that experience, cultural experience, all those things should not be counted. Even the matrix and evaluation. No, is this Western person, global north, saving the global south. So then I've been fighting that so much now that I feel I have learned from the West. I've been there. <laughs> well, now let's, I... <laughs> let's talk about learning from the West because that's a very important yes. experience. Yeah. So you fall in love with Jessica. You, uh, I don't know if you get married before or after, but she was going to Wesleyan School University and you apply there and you get a scholarship to go to Wesleyan and study in America. I am dying to hear your first impressions when you go or rather when you come to the States. What I mean, that's a different universe. What were your impressions and what did America teach you? Wow. Zainab, I saw wealthy of the wealthiest and I saw how most of them were empty. Woo! Have that idea in Kibera poverty? Man, we don't know that we can measure it. Ah, it's beautiful. I can knock this door. Yeah, we can chill. You can see that happiness, that peace, you know. You don't have much money in account. You don't know it's going to crash. You don't know. You don't care about that. But we still believe here like, whoa, if you have money, oh my God, that's the best life. And then here, sign up. I'm in this place with people with a lot of money. And I'm like, wow, God, you opened my eye. All this mean nothing. If you, okay, and happiness, it is not money. It's not material. It is not connection who you know. At the end of the day, you'll sleep in your bed alone. There'll be no sign up there, kid in there who went there to please you. You are alone. There's no bodyguard. There's no servants. Yeah, so you have to deal with a lot. So what I learned is that how can you be content? Kennedy. And that's why my dear, I changed. I was supposed to, I would like to, I, was, I, to make, I, I also consult myself, I want to go make a lot of money, help my community. I was going to, rather, I was going to have that. I got a chance there. So my plan was how to make, so I ask in the US, where, what, how do you make a lot of money? And they told me like business, especially if you're a lawyer for business lawyer. Whoa, you make a kill. I am saying, I, I got letters, I'm going to Harvard, law school, my friend, not to do anything. And I was guilty. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to help my community. Then again, that person who is that God, I love that God. He keeps talking to me, you know? Will you be happy? Will I be like these people? Will I be like you? This is what you want? It's okay. But, no, but Kennedy, you can help your community without being wealthy. Like you started with a soccer ball, what could you have done? You don't need to make, if you want wealth for yourself, don't use the community and say that I'm going to make money to help people. You're going to be greedy and wealth will never be enough. Just let you know, as you go to make wealth, Johnny, you'll get this and you'll get this and you'll get this. And you just heard that. You just heard that from, you know, in your head, basically. Yes, yes, yes. Because there's a lot of pressure in America, not only on, on every individuals and any any young kid. Go make money. Go make money. I mean, I, I got that pressure when I was, you know, just starting in America. Go find yeah. a good job. Get a house, yes. a car, you know, get good clothes, all of these things. So, you know, it's not easy to say, no, I am going to go there. 
I'm going to do what I want to do, which has no money involved. And yes. in my case, I started Women for Women. In your case, you went back to not only Kenya, you went back to Kibera, the biggest slum in Africa. Like you decided after you graduated, being the first man to graduate from a university, American university in Kibera, you go back. What, yes. like, what was the drive? I mean, that's a courageous so, step. Yeah. So, no, so, so really, it's for me, I also give back. At the same time, I really, uh, okay, but I gave, an, I, I don't know you do that, but I, I have something called covenant. So, you know, the way I talk, I talk to my, my God, right? So, I made God to be clear. I will give everything to the community, but don't make me suffer. I don't make my children to go back. If you believe me that, I am doing this is what my heart wants. But the job for you, don't ever make me, I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be poor. I want my kids to go to school, to have a roof over their head, to live a normal life. That's the gift I learned from God. So I, I, I deal with him, a covenant. Eh? I'll live my integrity life, I'll do it, you know, because I want it. The other one was to fool myself and be like, yes, I was going to be sad. Okay. So then Kibera back in the Islam community where I came from, I felt that as someone who never went to school and I got this scholarship, let's not lie, my dear, I got it because of Kibera community. Yes, mm. I can run away from that. Mm. Yeah, without them, I didn't got it. Kennedy from Kibera, who is doing this amazing work in the community, we are giving him a scholarship. Not Kennedy, the smartest one who just did the exam and passed and got all the A's and so everything I owe to them. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> you get it? Mm, beautiful. So they send me, take that knowledge. America really gave me knowledge. America really also helped me to understand philanthropy, how it is biased, right? And also taught me how to pitch. Pitch a proposal. Pitch you got an idea. Pitch yes. Yeah, you are there for one. Kennedy, you meet this person. You are there for one minute. Yes. You have to be together like this. I I was not good at in that. You know what I mean? And uh, and also I met uh, amazing people like Abby. I don't want to say names of people, but uh, Abby Disney. Amazing people who are really, really who also don't care about their money. They don't to use it to social good. People who also inspired me a lot and. They also, truth be told, something about them, they're also good in giving. You give them credit, many people I meet. There's something about giving, right? Yeah, so I really learned that, I really was stressed by that. And they're also, at the same time, it is a country of individualism. It's all about yourself, right? But sometimes you meet people who are amazing. It is a, you can't, that country for me is a, it's boiling, you know? It's not one part, right? You can't say this is America. You meet different people. I go to LA. I love LA people. Don't take me wrong. But I feel there's less spirit. <laughs> I don't mean I'm sorry. I feel like I'm going, Nice. It's a robot, right? <laughs> and then you know, so you're so you're like, wow, you know. <laughs> so you feel like, and I'm like, guys, there is life beyond all this, you know. And as I finish Zenab, uh, one thing people, why, why I love living the life of kindness. So Zenab, when the last breath happens to many people and you go to their obituaries, 
no one talks about how many houses they own. Is this very interesting, right? A man researching here was a kind man. And that people really, that's what is it? So you cannot be kind, my dear. You can't be kind, whoever is listening to us. It is not who you know. The purpose of life is huge, but starts with you. Kindness. Close your eye for me, not now, whatever you have your time. How do you want to be remembered? This is a lot of work. But in the last day of your life, do you want to think about all those money in the account? Wealth? Or were you a good person? Great. And I think, my dear, that's it. That kindness, goodness, the temporeness, tempo, right? Were you inspiring people when they see you? Were you the man who was doing peace? A woman who brought peace? Or were you the one who was building bridges or destroying or building walls? You mean? And for me, my life, I, I know, you know, you know, you know, Zainab, I feel like the God, whatever God is, or spirit, eh? there's something they hide from us. It's hidden. And you have to work out, find out. There's something beautiful is hidden. And you see wealth, you see cars, you see beautiful housing, you see big apartments. And that's what we have to see. Then you have to work hard and find your way, find your way, find your way. And be like, whoa, it is not important. None. Why do you want to wait until the death to figure that out? I don't want that, my dear. I'm sorry. Do you have to figure that out when I'm dying? No, 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 no. The beauty of that is to figure that figure that thing earlier. And you will live just a joyful life. So now, Kennedy Odede, which in my belief, in the hearts of my heart, I believe you are the Mandela of the future. You are our Mandela right now because you are a beacon of hope. And not only in my life, and I know firsthand in your community's life, but I think in the world's life as well, in Kenya's life as well. So you are a beacon of hope. Since then, you have married Jessica. You came back to Kenya. You have three kids, as you mentioned. You're still in Kibera, you know, working day and night. You work, by the way, for those who have not been to Kibera, you walk and Kennedy is like every, there's a, a new perspective. There is, you feel the light and you feel the hope in Kibera, I, I, especially as you enter Shafko. And you are, you know, getting one acknowledgement after the other from major world leaders and movie stars and celebrities. How does, where are you now? How do you, how do you want to leave us with, you know, your, where you are now in your life after this story from nothing to getting, you know, you just won a major award for your work, for your development work. And, and you're becoming the expert, the voice on how do we go about development, community-based development. Where do you feel now? How are you? What's, uh, what do you want to leave us with? The wisdom you want to leave us with? Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I feel like uh, we keep on learning every day, right? And every... I, th- I think I was very, very hungry for things. And now, as I'm a family man, I feel I'm more relaxed. And I've also been able to learn that there is Kennedy and there is nature. 
And uh, I hope everyone is listening to us. I feel like we were moving too fast. And COVID, you like it or not, you don't like it, what you did for us, what we learned from it, you are not the destination of life. You are a human being. You make your plan. That is not, that's not it. There are many things. And that's how we should live our life. We can have good plans, we can have that, but we are complex. You know, anything can happen. So I've learned a lot on that and that you cannot just go by the book as you want. And then uh, right now I have girls in the US, uh, some of them are going to Columbia University, you know, from Kibera. And uh, I just want to really continue my work to inspire other community leaders, you know, not only in Kenya, in Africa, and people, and people to believe that uh, it's all about dignity. Dignity, dignity. Whatever you're doing in your life, your job, it can be done profit, it can be in business, it can be in whatever you're doing. Are you treating people with dignity? That's it. It's simple like that. Dignity. Your staff, your wife, your partner. Is there dignity? If there's no dignity, I'm sorry. You have to bring it up. So I see my life more about that. That was Kennedy Odede. And that was the last episode of Redefined for this season. I'll be taking a short break, but look forward to sharing more stories of truth and transformation on the third season of Redefined. To learn more about Kennedy's incredible work, please check out www.shofco.org. That is S-H-O-F-C-O dot org. For full transcript of this episode and all others, please go to www.findcenter.com. You can follow Find Center on Instagram at find underscore center. And of course, you can follow me at Zainab Zalbi. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Redefine is produced by me, Zainab Selby, along with Rob Carso, Casey Khan, and Howie Khan at Freetime Media. Our music is by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kate Dillon, Neil Goldman, Carolyn Pincus, and Shira Johnston. And thanks to all of you for listening.